Welcome to the Every Day is a New Day podcast and live show. The inspirational show about moving forward and choosing to be more of you. Transmuting the self-doubt and stepping into courageously aligned confidence in who you uniquely are. My name is Kim O'Neill. I'm a twice-certified transformational confidence coach, Reiki master, best-selling author, and former crime analyst who now helps empathic, heart-centered individuals shatter the noise of self-doubt, find clarity on what self-love really looks like, and the courage to be peacefully grounded in who you've always known you are from the inside out. Join me for the live shows on Facebook and YouTube and visit KimO'NeillCoaching.com for more info. Let's get to it. Hello and welcome, everybody. I am, as always, so excited for today's conversation. Today's guest speaks very much to how, uh, you know, how I'm, I want to say how I think, um, but ultimately the messages that I want to share with you in the world. So we're going to have a powerful conversation today. Before we get into the interview, let's start off with that knowing that we have our greatest power in the present moment. So if you will, join me in taking a moment to shake off yesterday. Shake off yesterday, shake off maybe 10 years ago that have lingered somehow into this moment. Shake off five seconds before you showed up today because you are amazing. And I want you to be able to feel and know that and fully embrace that so that you can understand all the possibilities that are available for you in this moment. And when you release the past, when you release what's heavy, what doesn't serve anymore, then you are able to see yourself, the possibilities so much more, so much more clearly. So I hope you took a moment to do that with me. Let's go ahead. And next, I want to share with you a quote that I love and speaks to today's conversation. Today, the quote I have for you is a quote from Oprah Winfrey, and that is, think like a queen. A queen is not afraid to fail. Failure is another stepping stone to greatness. And of course, that is Oprah Winfrey. <sighs> Take a moment to breathe that in and feel the truth of that. You are a queen or a king, however you identify. You get to own that. You get to be that. You are that. And it's simply a matter of claiming it and recognizing that every moment in life, every moment in life is a gift. And it's all about what we choose to to extract from that gift, to retain from that gift, what we choose to let go, right? I love the phrase, um, uh, take what resonates, leave what doesn't. That definitely plays a part here. But let's get into today's guest. I want to share with you a little bit about her first. Her name is Kelly Thompson. I'm going to read her bio to you, and then we're going to go ahead and bring her up on screen today. We are talking today about closing the confidence gap. Kelly Thompson is a women's leadership coach and speaker who helps women advance to the rooms where decisions are made. She has coached and trained hundreds of women to trust themselves, lead with more confidence, and create a career they love. She is the founder of the Clarity and Confidence Women's Leadership Program, as well as a Stevie Award winner for Women in Business Coach of the Year. Hello. That is so awesome. She holds an MBA, has been featured in Forbes, Parents Magazine, HuffPost, and many more. And she is the author of the new book, Closing the Confidence Gap, 
boost your peace, your potential, and your paycheck, which is releasing fall 2022. And with that, I'm going to bring her up on screen. Hi. Welcome, Kelly. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, you know, I want to dive right into it. I'm going to show everyone a picture of your book. Ooh, yes. You have a new book coming out up on the screen here. Love the cover and the color showing up in there. Thank you. Tell, yeah. Tell us more. What inspired you to write this book? Okay. Well, let's talk about how um, in 2008, you'll appreciate this given everything that you talk about. I remember sitting in my boss's office and I wanted to write a book since I was a little girl. I just, I loved writing. I was an introvert. I love reading books. I remember sitting in my boss's office and I was like, I really want to write a book someday, but I know it will never be a leadership book ever. And so, you know, then the universe laughs like, oh, right. Well, at the time in 2008, a lot of the leadership books were written by men, right? Jack Welch, think CEO of, of GE, Stephen Covey. Um, Jim Collins wrote Good to Great, all wonderful leadership books. Like I just didn't see myself entering into that category. And my boss and I laughed and were like, oh yeah, that's a category we don't want to be in. So I spent 15 years in corporate America and I left to go out on my own. I worked in mostly male dominated industries at that time. I worked in banking and finance, technology. And so then when I left to go out on my own and launch my own coaching practice, one of the things I started to get involved in was business mastermind groups, which is kind of part coaching, part training, part like business skills. Because as a new entrepreneur, I'm like, I need to make sure this thing works. Okay. So I wanted to go get some training. Well, I was in these training groups with all women for the first time in my life. I experienced what it was like to be in a room with all women talking about topics that impacted women's unique experience um, in business, in the workplace, things like doubt, the confidence gap, imposter syndrome, speaking up at work, the gender pay gap, the mismatch of workloads that we experience, right? And just some of these systemic issues. And for the first time I felt seen, I felt heard, I felt supported. I felt like I could show up as myself. And so since I'd spent the majority of my career as a corporate trainer and leadership development person, I'm like, this is what I needed in corporate America. I needed a women's leadership program to address these topics that corporate leadership training just doesn't address. And so I made it as an entrepreneur and I started inviting corporate women to it. And that's ultimately what led me then to, to write the book. And the book is really based off my women's leadership training program because I was like, I want every woman to be able to have access to this level of insight and coaching and tools in the workplace for the price of a book, right? I know not everybody can come to coaching or a group program, but like books are accessible. And so I was like, this is it. This is what my book is going to be about. And so here we are, it's called Closing the Confidence Gap. And um, it's really meant to be a resource for women at work to boost their peace potential and paycheck, but it also addresses many of the systemic issues happening in organizations. So it's written for organizations too, to understand how empowering women in the workplace helps boost the organization's peace potential and paycheck. And so that's, here we are. Okay, I love that. So the first question coming up for me is about, what was your, is about leadership. So mm -hmm. what was your belief about leadership back when you were like, oh, I'm gonna write a book, but it's never gonna be about leadership. How would you define what that belief was? You know, when I was in corporate and I was in male dominated industries, you know, I worked at a best place for working moms and they won the award year after year after year because we had pumping rooms and we had daycare wow. on site. They were flexible and that, you know, if you need to leave for your kid's doctor's appointment, you could, but there were no women in leadership. So the unconscious message was, hey, we'll give you a pumping room, but your career is really going to be capped at a certain level. 
And so when I thought about leadership training and just leadership in general, I thought about very masculine things because that's what I saw. I thought about being good at strategy, being direct, being good at reading a, a profit and loss and knowing how to read a PowerPoint deck and being good with the numbers. I will tell you that the things that I didn't think about until later on in my career, and especially now that I'm starting my own business, was how much all of that was neck up, what I call neck up leadership development, using your head, processes, strategy, feedback. But now when I'm working with women and I'm running my own programs and running my own business, how much of successful leadership is what I call comes from neck down leadership development, getting in tune with our values, developing an authentic leadership style based on what we personally value, being connected with our heart, especially in times like this, so that we yes. can have compassion and empathy for people because people are bringing tough stuff to work. You know, we don't talk enough about really trusting our gut and our intuition and that there's this whole set of intelligence from the neck down that I think to be ready for the future of work, leaders are really going to have to start to embrace. And so that's really kind of where I used to think about it and where I think about it today was neck up versus today versus neck down and neck up. So I love that. And that brings up a really good point about how it can be so easy, so unconscious for us to not think about things that we don't see around us, right? Mm -hmm. So you weren't thinking about leadership as applying to you because you didn't relate to it. And it's okay. So awesome. So uh, I want to next ask you more about self-trust and the role that that plays in all of that, all of this. Yeah. So I believe that, especially for women, well, and, and this is anyone, um, that our competitive advantage at work is the ability to trust yourself. Because let's just let's just use women as an example, and then I'll give you a very specific example. As we show up at work and we go through the day, we're going to be told lots of things. We're going to be told what decisions we should make. We're going to be recommended what data we should look at. People are going to have very well-meaning advice for our careers. People are going to give us lots of advice about how to run our work-life balance, how to run our families, what career next step we should take. There's advice and experts everywhere. The world is really, really noisy because we have so much access to information literally through our four by six inch device, right? Yeah. So what's going to be really important to build a career that you love and to build a leadership style that you feel confident in is the ability to like drown out all the noise and be able to go in and trust yourself to make that next right choice for you. So self-trust means choosing yourself. And choosing what you want and having the courage and the confidence to listen to your intuition, even if other people are like, why would you do that? That's crazy. You know, I think the most recent example that I can think of is uh, my husband and I have been married for four years now, and we never expected to um, spend the first four years of our marriage struggling with infertility. Like I have, a, I have a, I brought a daughter into the relationship. He doesn't have kids of his own. And, you know, we went through IVF and, and all the things, you know, many of the things that women suffer silently from in the workplace. We don't talk about infertility and the impacts to mental health and physical health and all those sorts of things. And so we're really struggling with this. And it takes a huge mental and physical toll. And we were getting to the point where IVF had failed again and again and again. And we were at a decision point. Do we stop and say, you know what, I guess that we won't have kids together? Or do we keep going and go through another round of IVF? And that's really where I had to go in and he had to go in and we really had to listen to our gut because all of the advice out in the universe is one more time, or you could adopt, you could get a surrogate, right? There's so much well-meaning advice, but at the end of the day, I had to ask myself, 
does continuing to go through IVF feel like peace? Like I'm excited. Like I, I feel a sense of like magnetism towards it, but no, actually the thought of going through another round of like IVF just made us go. <sighs> and honestly, we just really had to listen to our gut and then to our intuition to just say, you know what, like this is just no longer for us. And so I know that's a very personal story, but I think that illustrates that like those types of decisions are going to happen to you personally and they're going to happen to you in the workplace where there's going to be a lot of right ways to do things or well-meaning advice. And as a leader, you're going to have to go in when it comes to making decisions on people, processes, performance, recommendations, and look at all the data, look at all the facts, but remember to go in and check your gut and just be like, you know what, does this feel like peace or does this feel like dread? And yes. follow what your intuition says. Thank you for sharing that personal story. I think it's one that a lot of people will be able to relate to. And it really highlights the value of, yes, listening to what your body is telling you, having that connection to your heart, really being in tune so you can hear what the deeper message within you is calling out for. Yeah. So I know another thing that you are a big fan of is women owning their unique talents. Mm -hmm. And I'd love for you to just speak a little bit more about that and how that plays a role in self-confidence. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when women come to work with me, I think it's always helpful to give an example. And I'll, actually, I'll, I'll even back up and start with myself first. So I worked at an organization for 12 years. And like, let's be honest, there, there may not have been a lot of women in leadership, but it was a great company. Okay. Good value system, pillar of success in the community, good people. I mean, this was just a good wholesome organization to work for. But I remember like kind of hopping around in my job, like every, you know, two to three years or so, because I kept getting bored and it almost just felt like this heaviness, this burnout. And I remember getting like, so self-critical, like what is wrong with you, Kelly? Like, this is like a good place to work. People are dying to work here in our, in our community, like get your stuff together. What's going on. And what I realized was that even though that the organization was awesome, like when I really sat back and reflected why I was so tired every day when I was driving home from work or driving to work, it's because I was pushing a rock uphill. I was spending probably 70 to 80% of my time doing okay work, but none of it lit me up. Like none of it really felt like I was geeking out every day. None of it was like, oh my gosh, this is what I've been created to do. And I realized, oh my gosh, I was in the golden handcuffs. Like I'm making really good money and I'm doing stuff I'm pretty good at, but none yes. of this woke me up. And that was a huge aha that like owning your unique talents, really getting clear on what those are does a few things. Like when I work with my clients, we get super clear on what you've been put on this earth to do. What can only you do? What do you do better than everyone else? Like what literally makes you just geek out at work? And you're like, I don't even care how geeky this is. Like, I love my Excel spreadsheets. It doesn't matter what it is, but it does two things. One, it really keeps you from experiencing that burnout and that heaviness that you feel at work when you feel like you're slogging through. And so in my book, I talk about one, how to find that. And two, how to evaluate how much time you're spending in these buckets, right? Your energy surger bucket or your energy sucker bucket. And then the second thing too, is when you're working in your unique talents, it's really the antidote to imposter syndrome, because I know why I'm here. I know why I'm in the meeting. I know what I have to contribute. And so when I can own that, it helps me be more confident coming into these meetings because I know like I have a place here. I have a sense of expertise. I have something to contribute. And I'm not sitting here comparing and despairing, wondering why I'm here. And so, yes, owning your unique talents is, is really helpful exercise. One, to help you just feel better every day energetically at work. So you come home and feel better energetically. And two, 
really is the antidote to a lot of those imposter feelings. You can own what you're good at and then confidently contribute those at work. I love that explanation. It sounds like at that point, you no longer even need to worry about imposter syndrome. You just click into place with what lights you up and all that all that unnecessary is a little sneaky. It does like to come back at time to time. So that's why I'm like, keep a career journal with all those unique talents because imposter syndrome will find you. It just like okay. imposter monster taps you on the shoulder. But yeah. You're it's so helpful though, then to go back and be like, wait a minute. Nope. I have evidence. These are my unique talents. Thank you. Appreciate you. But um, yeah. <laughs> what, what about the, so what about the woman who is, is realizing that there's this thing over here that she geeks out about and she absolutely loves. It lights her up. And she, you know, of course, is very aware about all the chatter that might come from everyone else who's like, what? They don't get it. They don't, maybe they don't believe it or support in it. Um, what would you say to that woman? Yeah. So a couple of things. One, this is where we go back to trusting ourselves. Like really imagine what it would feel like to build a career around this thing that makes you really excited around your unique talents. And if that like lights you up inside, trust it. Like your body is so wise. Your body knows what's right for you. Okay. It, it knows the difference between peace and dread. And then the second thing, when you hear all the chatter, what I would tell them is like, whose chatter are you listening to? Like, are you listening to the chatter of, you know, people that like aren't in your immediate circle who, you know, love you and care about you and genuinely offer you support? Are you listening to people who are benefiting from your lack of boundaries or benefiting from your overwork and your, Oof. you know, your, your overinvested in them. Right. Yes. And so like when I left corporate, I had a lot of that chatter. People are like, what are you doing? You have a dream job. You're working for this dream boss. You're making great money. Are you sure? Are you sure? I mean, there was a lot of like, you know, the well meanings, like, are you sure? But the mm -hmm. small group of people who really knew how excited I was and how passionate I was, like, I really had to hold those people so close because they were the people who still asked me helpful questions. Hey, have you thought about this? Have you thought about this? But at the end of the day, they were like, what can I do to support you? What can I do uh. to help you? And so it's really like, whose voices are you choosing to listen to? And whose voices should you choose to listen to? Including I I love that story. I personally relate to that as well. My mm -hmm. my story was leaving the leaving crime analyst job with the, the, a city, you know, you've got a pension and all these kinds of yeah. things that, that sound like, yeah, you should stay here forever. Yeah. At what expense though? At, you know, yes. at the ex expense of my heart, the expense of my own life satisfaction. I say, whose life is this? It's not mm -hmm. their life. It's your life. So I love that. Okay. So, um, we're going quick in today's interview because, um, we are on a, on a time, you know, a time limit here. And I just, I hope you are loving everything that Kelly is saying. I know that I am. Let us know down in the comments, what you were taking away from today's conversation. We're not quite done yet, but I want you to already be thinking about how this applies to your life because this is good stuff. This is all about that stuff that we might miss because maybe we're operating off of someone else's system. Like Kelly was just saying, you know, who, who are you listening to? Who is the voice in your head? And have you realized whether it's yours or not? So that's a really good question to ask. And with that, Kelly, I want to ask you, I know you have some questions that women can ask themselves to get more clear on, on all of these topics we've been talking about. So what yeah. are some questions you would like to, to pose to women to be able to ask themselves and get them thinking uh, in ways that would lead them to feel more confident? Yeah. So like when it really comes down to like career, let's just kind of keep it focused since we've been talking about your career. I think it's just helpful. I have like a list of five questions that I think are really helpful to ask okay. to one really just ask yourself, am I in the right career? Am I doing the things that I should be 
doing. And that ultimately leads to more clarity and confidence. And so the first question is, um, are my core values aligned to the organization's core values? And so really that in really ends up asking us two questions. What are my core values? Yeah. What do I stand for? Like, what are my non-negotiables in my career? What do I have to have in my career to feel happy, successful, fulfilled, you know, all of those sorts of things. And so one, what are my core values? Am I living a life that's in alignment with them? Do I surround myself with people who are in align to them? And does my organization align with my core values? Because like I tell a lot of people, you're going to have challenging days at work. We just are. There's no perfect job. But when you work for an organization whose values are aligned to yours, when you're in relationships with people whose values align to yours, it really makes those challenges so much easier to work through because you know that you're working towards a common goal. So one, are my values aligned to the organization's values? Number two, am I allowed to use um, my, my unique talents every single day? Like does 80% of my work align to my unique talents? That's a really good question to ask to really slow down and think about, am I truly like geeking out? Am I using the things at work that I'm meant to be doing? you know, at least 70 to 80%, right? We can't always, like, there are still things in my job and my, I'm my own boss that I have to do. I had to reconcile my finances yesterday. That's not in the top of my list, but it's worth it, right? Because 80% of the work is, is awesome. Um, the number, the third question is, is really just taking an energy check. What's my mm -hmm. energy level at the close of most business days? Like, do I leave or shut down my computer kind of feeling like that happy, fulfilled, tired? We might be tired, but there's a difference between kind of that happy, fulfilled. I did some really challenging yet exciting things today. And there's that like whole body heavy, like tired, right? Like I've been yeah. pushing walk uphill and, you know, feeling resistance at every turn tired. And that's just a really good question to ask yourself is just that energy level check, right? And if it's low, it might be time to start asking yourself some questions about what boundaries you need to set, where you need to do some, some inner work, ask yourself some questions. You know, the fourth question I ask is, am I passionate about the company's purpose and who they serve? And I think it's, it kind of goes align, um, along the lines of like, you know, the core values work, um, but being passionate about the company's purpose and who they serve. It's just really important because it kind of goes back into that shared values. Am I doing work that I care about, right? Do I feel like this aligns to some sort of personal mission? I know a lot of folks who struggle um, feeling fulfilled because they might like the work okay, but they just can't get behind the company's mission or the company's purpose, right? Like I just, like for a while, I worked for a company who sold credit card processing. Again, great company. And I'm like, am I really excited about selling credit card processing? I'm like, there's probably other things out there, right? Yeah. Um, the last question is, is the role that I'm in moving me closer to my career purpose? Is it moving me closer to my ultimate career goals, right? Like just stopping and recalibrating once in a while, like, you know, turning around and taking a look at like how far I've come. Am I still on the right track? And am I moving towards my ultimate career goals of where I want to be 10, 15 years from now? What I hear is claiming ownership of, you know, mm -hmm. this is, this is your life. This is your career. And are you loving it? And really asking those questions that will support a person being in alignment with that. Yeah. That's awesome. The other thing that's coming up for me is, um, and you didn't really speak to this, but I just feel like this might be coming up for someone is the topic of perfectionism. Mm -hmm. And so, <laughs> right. Yeah. So I just, I, I want to say that, um, you know, when you ask yourself all these amazing questions, 
it's not about then coming out with a perfect life, but it's about yeah. being more in love with your life, more in alignment and, you know, allowing yourself to have more flexibility and flow. That's what's showing up for me. Did you want to add anything to that topic of perfectionism? Oh, yeah. I mean, I really think that that like really gets a lot of us and it holds a lot of us back. So like when I ask women, which I asked over 500 of them when I was writing my book, what would you do if you had a little more confidence? You know, they tell me all sorts of things. I'd ask for a raise. I would go for my dream job. I'd start my business. I'd run for office. And I say, you know, well, what, what keeps you from that? You don't hear perfectionism, but you hear all of the dancing around perfectionism. I don't yes. have enough. I don't have a degree yet in that thing. They might have two degrees, and I hear that right. I need an, I need more experience. Um, I need a, another certification. I need to know that if I speak up, people won't think this idea is silly. And that's just a lot of perfectionism in disguise. Yes. And so, you know, what I really try to then work on with women is just really helping them understand that one. I mean, obviously, perfectionism is an unattainable goal. But really showing them and helping them own all of the things that they do have, like you all. And that's where the confidence gap comes in, just to land this plane in the beginning. The confidence gap was a study that came out of Wharton that had men and women take a test. And based on the results of this test of how they thought they did, they didn't give them the scores, but how they thought they did, they were supposed to go advocate, advocate to potential employers, how they thought they did on this test. And of course, better self-advocacy led to them landing a job with higher pay. So as you can imagine, men thought they did better on the test. Men had a better job self-advocating and then they got the higher salaries. But who actually did better on the test? Women did a little better on the test. But they thought they did worse and they struggled with self-advocacy, right? I think a lot of just that hidden perfectionism holds us back. Yes. And so it's just remembering one, we got to go back and look at the evidence, the evidence that you were already qualified. We see this confidence gap show up again and again in how men and men versus women apply for jobs. Women will wait till they meet 100% of the qualifications while men will apply when they meet 60. That's LinkedIn research. And really owning you are already enough. You already have the qualifications. You were already ready. You were already qualified. And really coming back and owning that and knowing that, you know what, when I have to do big, scary things in my life. Yeah, it'll feel uncomfortable and I can't wait to feel confident, but I can take the next right step in alignment with my values while also feeling a little nervous, while also feeling a little uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And it's really like, how do I manage taking action while also feeling that way? Because that's where confidence comes from. Confidence is more of a verb than it is a feeling. And that can also be an indicator of, of someone being on the right track. I would say for a person who's wanting to make those changes, oh, I'm yeah. feeling nervous. Oh, that's right. Kelly said I was going to yeah. feel that way. It's okay. stretching your comfort zone. Like yes. I have a friend who's a therapist and she's told me, she goes, Kelly, I counsel people who are so on the other end of that spectrum because they're so afraid to ever feel discomfort or nerves. They've never stretched their comfort zone and they have this tiny little life that they feel trapped and unhappy in. So like, if you're feeling nervous and uncomfortable, it's probably a, a good reframe to say, you know what? This means I'm stretching my comfort zone. This means I'm reaching towards my goals. <sighs> I love it. Well, so for everyone who is listening to us and all the awesome podcast platforms, I do want to make sure you know where to get Kelly's book. Go to closingtheconfidencegap.com forward slash book. And you can also go to Kelly's website, kellyraythompson.com. And that's K-E-L-L-I-R-A-E. 
T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N.com. And Kelly, do you have any final words you'd like to share with everyone today before we close out? Oh my goodness. Okay. So, you know, the, somebody asked me this already this week, like what's the one rule you wish everyone would follow? And I, I really been practicing this week. And so I want to share it with you too, Yeah, is, um, we really just need to practice self-kindness. I wish everybody was just kinder to themselves. Yeah. I think that has a lot to do with confidence. If we were kinder to ourselves, we would be kinder knowing that we're not all perfect, that we're going to make mistakes, that all of us are flawed. If we're kinder to ourselves, like it's just easier for us to have a lot more self-compassion. And honestly, we can't have kindness and compassion and empathy towards others unless we're first doing it to ourselves. And I honestly feel like the world really needs that right now. So that's what I would leave. Like, Notice how you can practice a little bit of self-kindness today and watch if that impacts your confidence at all. I love that, Kelly. Kelly, thank you so much for being here today. I appreciate thank your you wisdom and everything you shared. so fun. Good. Well, I, I had a lot of fun too. And um, I know you have a hard stop. So we are going to go ahead and close out. I'm going to throw you back down into the lobby and hope to see you again in a moment. And um, so I will see you in just a moment here. And I want to just say to everyone, once again, take a moment right now to self-reflect and ask yourself those questions that Kelly was posing. Those were some really awesome, deep questions that a person can go their entire life without ever asking themselves. And yet, do you see the value that asking yourself, how am I aligned with the company that I'm working with? You know, what are my values? All of those kinds of questions really help you get down to the nitty gritty of, what is in your heart? What does resonate for you? Because this is your life. And when you shine even more brightly by allowing yourself to do what you love, oh my goodness, the gift that you are to the world. You're a gift right now and you're able to you're able to just create and bring so much more forth for yourself and everyone else around you. And I absolutely encourage you to do that. So we're about to close out the show. I do want to remind you that if you'd like to learn more about the Everyday is a New Day show or my coaching, confidence coaching, meditation services, you can certainly go to kimoneillcoaching.com. That's K-I-M-O-N-E-I-L-L coaching.com. And last but not least, remember that every day is always a new day. Wherever you are today does not have to be where you are tomorrow. Wherever you were yesterday does not have to be where you are today because you get to choose. And that is how powerful you are. That's how much power you have in every moment. And I want you to always remember that. Have an amazing day and I'll talk to you all again soon.